Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Of Jesus, the Nazarene, and I wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. I don't know about you. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene, and I wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned. Unclean, how marvelous, how marvelous, how wonderful, wonderful. Oh, and my soul shall never be. And my sorrows, he made them his very own, and he bore the burden to Calvary. He suffered and died alone. sorrow every single pain oh yeah every sickness Jesus he took them all oh and he bore the burden to Calvary he suffered and died alone Oh, 
to give a crop offering unto Jesus. Give a crop offering unto him right now. Somebody continue. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you, O God. Amen. We honor you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Hallelujah. Your word says, once we were yet sinners. Yes, Lord. You did not look at our sins, O God. Yes, Lord. You came to die. And even as we have come to know you, there are many times that we fall, Lord. But through your grace, you lift us up again and dust us off and encourage us to keep moving. We are grateful, Lord. Thank you. We have come again, O oh Lord, and open our hearts. Speak to us. Encourage us. Comfort us through your word. Your word says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of you. And it's profitable for doctrine, for rebuke, for correction. Lord, we, are, we have come, oh God. Let them happen to us. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Satisfy us with the goodness of your house. Yes, according Lord. to your word. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. And let the saints say, Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Thank you for such a powerful ministration. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for another beautiful Sunday. You know, the year is getting closer and closer to the end. And before I say anything, I want to also use the opportunity to welcome Bishop and Mrs. Deborah Kwamena to QFC Manhattan. Welcome again, Mommy and Daddy. Hallelujah. Don't forget the Proverbs 27 I read last week. Never forget your father's friends. Hallelujah. As I said last week, Bishop is our father, our prophet, our pastor, one of the main friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are grateful. It's a privilege to have him in our midst. It is a blessing. Hallelujah. Beautiful. I just want to say that, you know, I want to encourage parents that, um, you see, one of the things that I keep, it keeps coming to me, that COVID has come to stay. It's not going anywhere. It's one of the flu that we get every year. Only that this one, it doesn't wait for the weather to be. Or weather, type of demon that we are dealing with. Hallelujah. So we have to master how to live and still in the midst of COVID. He set the table before what? My what? I'm wondering why God decided to do that whilst he is our shepherd. Hallelujah. Why not the table before our loved ones and our friends? You know, so I believe that as a believers, we should be able to master how to prosper in the presence of our enemies. Remember the Israelites were in Egypt. 
You know, after Joseph left, there were so many pharaohs that came. At a point, they couldn't even recognize them. But they were still prospering. When there were plagues and challenges, difficulties in the land of Egypt, they had light. And we believe that we are in Goshen. Huh? You are in Goshen. Hallelujah. So I would still want to encourage all of us, if possible, to once a while, if you don't want to come at all, once a while, visit us here. Brethren on the Zoom, we've missed you. Ah, we've missed you seriously. So please, visit us. Especially those who have children. You know, many of us are in church because when we were young, our parents were insisting. I've heard many people saying that, in fact, mommy and daddy will make sure Sunday lunch will be special. If you don't go to church, you will not eat lunch. Is it true? Yeah. And because of that training, when you traveled and you left mommy, some of us initially, we were struggling to come back, yet we have come back because some seeds were planted in us. Hallelujah. And one of the things, if we do not take care, can take from us as a family, you know, raising up our kids is that COVID can change, take church going from our children. But we need to let them understand the importance of going to church every Sunday. Every Sunday. The Zoom is fine. The Zoom is good. In fact, Apostle Joel intentionally added it. Are you with me, please? Yeah, but if you have children, I want you to begin to be concerned about what I'm saying. That especially from two to nine, a psychologist said, anything you want your children to do in life, you have to instill in them by the age of nine. If you pass it, and sometimes, many times we can see it from our teenagers. As we are trying to change their behavior. You know. Are you with me, please? So, please. It's working now. But this one too is working. It's breaking up. Okay, please. Pardon me. Sorry. You know, backslide, it says that if you can part of the stages or the symptoms, you will be able to make it. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. So, we said that the first sentence, you yourself, you and I can use to in the things of God or we are backsliding.
Kia kainu. Amen. All right. Bad companies. And we read, when we talk about bad companies, you know, many, one of the dangerous things that can happen to uh, a child of God, especially in a church like our branch, Apache, you know, you can easily get to a point where you know almost a lot of scriptures. But the question is, especially as when a time that we were studying must know Bible scriptures. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 was one of them. Hallelujah. So, but the question is, when you memorize the verse or you know the verse and you read it, what does it do to you? Do you catch or do you get revelation? Does it change something in your spirit? Does it affect you? Hallelujah. So, when you talk about bad company, you talk about not in, a, I mean, moving with people that do not have the same faith or the same spirit. Hallelujah. Because sometimes you can have, and Bishop put a point here. He said, he asked a question, can your wife be a bad company? What is the answer? Or let me put, let me change that. In Lighthouse, in KOSC, they're always talking about women, women. Okay, can your husband be a bad company? Yeah. Both of them, the answer is yes. If I let's read First Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter 3. The most wisest man ever lived. First Kings chapter 3, 1 to 3. Give me New Living Translation fast. You know, New Living Translation 1 to 3. It says, New Living Translation. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh. Who is Pharaoh? The world. Someone who was not in the same spirit as the God that we serve, or the spirit that a person had, which wasn't the same thing as the spirit that God gave to, God has given to us and God gave to the Israelites. But the Solomon that we know was a child of God. In fact, God is the one that God spoke with one-on-one. -on -one. Hallelujah. He said that Solomon made alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. Talking about Jerusalem. The next one, verse 2, please. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at the local altars for a temple and ring, and the name of the Lord had yet not been built. Solomon loved. Go, go back, go back, please. He says, Solomon, verse 3, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the instructions of his father, David, except that Solomon too. Offer. 
for me. Verse 14. And he says, And if you follow me and obey my commands, as your father David did, I will give you a long life. The next one, please. Then Solomon woke up and... Hmm. Okay, give me First Kings 11. Let's pause here. If you follow me and obey my commands. Okay, the next one, First Kings 11. Now King Solomon loved many what? Many what? You see, it started, and that is how backsliding is. It started with one. The daughter of Pharaoh. And then at that time, I'm sure maybe many of the priests came to counsel young Solomon, you know, that this is the ordinances of God. We are not supposed to make alliance with these people. We are among them, but we cannot be with them. Are you with me, please? But as we can see, it started with one. And that is how backsliding is. The Bible says that the thief cometh, but to do what? To steal, to kill and destroy. A thief, when a thief is coming, he comes slowly. When you see somebody robbing a bank, it means the person had made or done a lot of investigation, a lot of work and, and the background. So they start slowly. It starts with small. It starts with, that's why many of us, when we started stealing meat from mommy's soup, we started small. You took one, one day, you know, or you took one chicken. The next time, as you are growing, then we see that the chicken is increasing from one to two, and it's going to three. And then it can get to a point that when you come, you can take the whole soup bowl. Go and say somewhere, and then you are angry. You are you just eat it. Are you with me, please? But after many things, remember when he took the wife, the daughters, uh, the daughter of Pharaoh. You know, he did many great things. He built his the his palace. He built um, the temple. Built the wall. Made a covenant with God. On all those times, God heard. God heard him. Look, brothers and sisters, we cannot, and sometimes that is what happens. We continue to be in certain situations, and because God can, you know, the grace of God and the message of God abounds, we can build, we can build the temple, we can give offering. We can be in the choir. We can be doing, and yet we are still, we are not in the position that God would like us to be. He can give us a room. Are you with me, please? But it gets to a point, God will just withdraw his grace and his mercies, and then you will become bare naked. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. He even went ahead and built a house for this, the first wife in 1 Kings chapter 9. 
And then the verse, chapter 11, it says that, And King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides, if you read chapter 9, you will find out that, you know, the Bible also mentioned that the Amorites and all those people, they were living among them. That is one of the dangerous things, you know, especially, look, look at the nation of the United States. Many places that we turn, we see godliness on, on and no godliness. Nothing like God. Hallelujah. That is why we need to fortify ourselves all the time with good company. Good company. When you find yourself in a bad company, it shouldn't be long. It should be a situation that sometimes you cannot help like your workplace. That is why you need to make sure my fellowship with the brethren is very solid and strong. Because the people, the non-believers, the ones that were among them at a point, many, you can read the first Kings, and then say that now Solomon graduated and took many of them. Besides Pharaoh, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Sodom, Sidon, and from many from among the Hittites. These are the things that God said, do not do. And if you read the account, verse, verse 2, please, verse 2. Verse, and the Lord had what? Had what? Instructed his people not to intermarry with those nations because the women they marry will lead them to worship their gods. Bishop put a statement here. Every wife affects her husband and every husband has great influence over his wife. That statement is so true. I had a niece who married a young man, you know. After they stay together, after have you heard that sometimes when you stay together with your wife or your husband, you know, they tend to say that now you have become friends. Have you heard that statement? You, you have become like siblings. You have become like, I mean, the, you, you look alike. Why are they saying that? Because for you not knowing unconsciously, sometimes even the words that you use in your normal day-to-day -day communication with your friends, you just you find out that you are using the words that both of you, you are using at home. Vocabulary, statements, sometimes even your voice. And therefore, it's very dangerous. Verse 3, please. Verse 3. Give me verse 3. He had 700 wives and those are accompanied. Verse 14. Verse 14. Then the Lord raised up Give me the verse that God said, the woman turned Solomon's heart. Is it verse 13? Verse 12? Please. Do you have it now? First Kings. Chapter 11. Verse 4, 
verse 4, it says, And Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods. Instead of being completely faithful, instead of being, look at the word, completely. That is what backsliding means. You have one leg in the house of God, and you have the, another one outside the house of God. Am I saying something here? The, except it gets to a point, then you complete. Either you come in completely or you go out completely. Hallelujah. But it starts with these signs. It starts with this. If you, be, you are beginning to enjoy the company of unbelievers and you don't like the company of believers, especially KFC members or Lighthouse in general, this UD, the members, then there's something. There's something. It's not adding up. We need to, you and I, we need to sit down and check ourselves and say, I think something is happening to me. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Let's move on quickly. The next one, point number two, we ended with looking backwards. Looking backwards. And that is when we said that Genesis 19, 17, brothers and sisters, we cannot serve God and look backwards. Backsliding means back and slide. Not back running. Back and slide. Back and slide. Back and slide. Slowly. And I demonstrated and I showed, I said to you that, you know, the deception is that your eyes will still be on the throne of God. But every day you take a step away from God. A step away from God. Hallelujah. To the point that then you turn. But the Bible says that they just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. And if any man turns back, if any woman turns back, Hebrews 10, 38 going, say, any man turns back, any man turns back. Brothers and sisters, remember, when God gave us the armor to defend Satan, the armor covered every part of our body in front of us. Hallelujah. The shield of faith, the sword of faith, the helmet of... All this is, everything was at the front of us. God never gave one armor to cover the back. Hallelujah. It means he does not expect us to turn our back to the enemy. If you turn your back to the enemy, that is the beginning of defeat. Are you with me, please? Yeah. That is why God said, if any man turns back, I will not have anything to do. So what should keep us going is hope and faith. Hope and faith. It may not be what we would like to see. It is not where we are going, but you have to keep your eyes. That is why Jesus, the son of the living God, God himself, when he came on this earth, what kept him going is that he kept his eyes on what? The joy that was set before him. The joy, the joy, the joy, the joy, the joy. At the end of the day, we should determine and do everything to make it into his kingdom. That is where we are going. The earth that we live is not for us. We are just here temporarily. 
we just hear here. Just hear. When they were teasing him, you know, I felt, I know, I know my woman, you, I'm sure Jesus felt like I want to react, you know, to these people. I can just, just say one thing and all of them, especially the soldiers. But he kept the joy that was said before him. And then today, the Bible says that at the mention of that name, he knew that this is where I was set. My position, I will not swap my position with anyone. Please don't look back. It's tough. It's tough. You question yourself many times. There are times that you wonder if God exists, if his word is true. You know, but don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. That is what I said last week. You know, the person who wrote 15 of the 26 New Testaments, he wasn't there when he was there, but he did not have that privy ministry training with Jesus. Unlike Peter, James, and Co. The transfiguration. When people were seeing many spiritual things, he wasn't there. He was planning and, 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 and practicing law. And planning to how he can kill these followers of Christ. Yeah. But he said, he wrote 15. Why? Because he said one thing, one thing that I do, one thing that I do, one thing. This is one thing that keeps me going. Other than that, you can't write all these books, do you know that the person who wrote, who, I mean, had the first interaction with the Gentiles was Peter. But the person who wrote to these Gentiles were poor. Cornelius was the first person who had, had an interaction. That is why Peter said that for once, now I know, God is not respected. Of persons because he thought that Jesus came for the Jews. But God said, No, when you go, anything he gives you, eat. Don't say that what I've created is bad. Hallelujah. Are you with me? That is why he wrote this one thing that I do. Do you have the verse? Hmm. That is Philippians 3. Philippians 3 13. 3 13. I can't myself not to be apprehended. Yeah. He wrote the book of Acts. He wrote Romans. He wrote First and Second um, Corinthians. He wrote Galatians. He wrote Ephesians. He wrote Philippians. He wrote Colossians. He wrote First and Second Thessalonians. He wrote First and Second Timothy. He wrote to his personal destiny, um, titles and wrote to Philemon. I don't know Hebrews, they say, listen, whether he wrote it or somebody wrote it. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. Verse 13. Let's read it. Philippians. And life will always be like that, especially in the Christian walk. He said that, no, oh, give us King James. King James is nice. Apprehended and all those words, they are very beautiful. Hmm. 
Brethren, I cannot myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, which are behind. And many of us, we have many things that are behind. And this is one of the reasons why the Israelites frustrated God. For 40 years, they kept looking back. Talking about onions, talking about meat, talking about cucumbers. The years, 430 years. And I could understand a little bit. Living at a place for 430 years, you have a lot of memories. A lot. Thanksgiving days, you know, Christmas days, Easter, you know, many vacations from Goshen to Egypt to Egypt, from Egypt to Goshen, many beautiful things. They kept going. And God said, what God was frustrated. You know, I want you to focus what I'm, where I'm taking you to. And when they kept going back, God said, you know what? These people, I will not let them come. We cannot look back and do well. Looking backward. Looking backward. Everything that we are doing will become a pillar of salt. Your profession can easily become a pillar of salt. You will just be at one pace. You know, when I, was, I came here and I was trying to develop myself, I entered into the IT field. And, and at that time, um, I was trusting God for that financial breakthrough, you know. So, somebody got a job, and it was very encouraging what they were giving. So, Epi and I, we sat down, we decided that, okay, why don't you let, let me resign from what I'm doing? Because, you know, I was doing a work, a job that has a very good name. There are certain jobs, they are very good, you know, in terms of titles. But it doesn't bring... You know what I mean, right? <laughs> Customer service lead. That's what I was. But the truth was that I was just, I was telling someone, I was just pulling bags from under the bus and put bags in the bus. And I was the supervisor. So they tightened me customer service lead with 850 an hour. You know. So when this person got a job and it was more than $20 an hour, oh, then that is very encouraging. So I resigned from my work and I said, P, you work and let me stay home and just finalize everything and get a job. After two months, the job was not coming, Pastor Nana. All the money that we had saved was almost going. Then I felt at a point because my boss said, Anytime you want to come back, come back. When they open that door like that, sometimes you are with somebody, the unbeliever you left. When you were leaving, the person did not offend you. You have nothing, but you know one thing that what you, are, you were doing is not right. And the word of God, when you come to church, you don't feel comfortable to do that. And the person will leave the door ajar like what my boss said. Anytime you want to come back, I'm here. If you want to go to church, that's fine. It's good. It's good to go to church. But come back. I'm here. You come back. You come through the church. Beloved Dosen. Beloved Dosen. Beloved Dosen. You can see that your class is still not in the church. And Satan will remind you but Ricky Z is still there. He told you, he told you that come back. You know, and then you will call him. Sometimes you will call him. And you say, I'm, I'm still here. 
tombstone here. Everything is fine. God is good. God is good. God is good. You know how some unbelievers would like to speak your love language. <laughs> yeah. But appear now we stayed on our crowns. We increased the fasting and the prayers. We trusted God. The door was open for me to come back, but if I, I went back, that would have been a pillar of salt. I would have ended there. I'm telling you, I didn't go back. And God showed himself strongly and gave us something. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. The next one I want us to take today, maybe let's take two more. The signs overconfidence. Overconfidence. And it's very dangerous. <laughs> what is overconfident? Overconfident to be over to be overconfident in what you do is like oh now, everything, I mean, the church, we've been around, we've been around, you know, we know, we know, and, and then sometimes, you even get to know many ministers, are you with me? You get to know the verses. When the, past, the pastor starts the verse, you can end it easily, you know, and then, one of the times that even when something is happening to somebody negatively, you know, something not going on well. You can say, ah, as for me, this thing, uh, as for me, as for me, this thing. When you begin to say that, and you begin to forget that the grace is what keeps us going. That is what I believe is Bishop is describing here. And that's what Paul said, First Corinthians 10, 12. He said, let him that thinketh. First Corinthians 10, 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he, he does what? He fall. He fall. Take heed. Be careful that you stand. I don't need this counsel. No. No, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But there can be many options which can be better than yours. Am I saying something, please? Bishop says something. He says, Satan smiles at boasting Christians. You know, he said, I've heard, let me read it. I've heard some Christians boast. I will never fornicate. I cannot simply do this. This is overconfident. It reminds me of a particular brother in my church who reg would regularly come to me and say, Pastor, your church is so good, I will never leave Lighthouse Chapel. He spoke about his commitment to me and to the church with such conviction. A few months after later, he walked out of the church and never returned. And he gave the reason. Bishop gave the reason for statements like that. He said, when a Christian continues to boast about this strength, about his strength or her strength, 
Satan hears him because Satan, eh, he hears what we say. He is not like God. God is omniscient. Satan is not. When you speak, that is why the Bible encourages us. You know, in fact, the positive aspect of speaking is that we have ministering angels around us. So when you speak faith and you speak the word of God, the ministry angels, they take them and work with them. Hallelujah. And anything that God does, Satan may make it if it is the right word. Hallelujah. So when you also speak negative things, that is what he's looking for. He takes it and works with it. Works with it. Hallelujah. So he said that such person, he said, Satan hears him and decides to test him. Such a person is a potential backslider. Where you are overconfident is where you can be weakest because you have dropped your guard. Mercy. 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 Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Let's take the next one. Stubbornness. What a shock. And maybe <laughs> stubbornness. That's one of the signs. What is stubbornness? Or what is to be stubborn? To be stubborn. No, no. Read the dictionary meaning. Do you have? Do you have? Do you have dictionary on your? Stubborn. Auntie Michelle, how will you say it? Stubbornness, stubborn, to be stubborn. Refusing to change your, I love this particular one. Say, refusing to change your ideas. How many agree with me that all of us, we have ideas? Oh, that's the beauty about this church. Beautiful people with beautiful, you know, ideas and, and great minds. Yeah. And that is why you are <laughs> likely to be stubborn because say refusing to change your ideas or stop doing something difficult to deal with or remove. Hallelujah. And I will say that this stubbornness is stubborn to God. Stubborn to his word, stubborn to his pastors, and stubborn to his the biblical counsel that we receive. How many of them? Stubborn to God. And when you are stubborn to God, normally you are stubborn to his word, and then you are stubborn to his pastors. I will give you pastors according to my own heart who shall feed you, feed you. If God gives you a pastor, and who is a good pastor? A good pastor is the one who teaches from the word of God. Strong Bible teaching word. Dodge determination not to change one's attitude. Uh -huh. 
I love this one than what I read. Position on something. Said, this is what I've taken. This decision. I cannot change it. One of the things I have come to understand is that many generational curses can turn around if we will listen and hearken to the word of God and to his pastors that he has given to us. Many generational curses. It doesn't have, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, I mean, this thing, how big the curse is. Are you with me? He said, by a prophet, Israel was what? Hosea 12, 13. Was what? And by a prophet, Israel was preserved. Hosea 12, 13. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Many, 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 just listen to the, the, the word of God God himself, his word, and his pastors, and the biblical council. Many demons can just leave us alone. Yeah. And the reason why it becomes stubborn because we always think we have, and we said it, we saw the definition, we have the alternative. And it's true. And it's true. What the use of the mind if we don't use it? So as you are sitting here concerning your life, concerning your marriage, concerning your Christian life, principles, how even attendance coming to church, concerning your children, concerning your profession, because all these things, you have under a certain mind. You, have what, you know what you want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Are you with me, please? But let's read First Samuel 15. Let me show you something. First Samuel 15. Hmm. First Samuel 15. One, two, three. Pasanana. Amplified. You have I have your microphone, right? Oh. Okay. Amplified. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 1. 1 to 3, and then we will jump to left 9. Okay, quickly. Samuel told Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Mm-hmm. Now listen and heed the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have considered and will punish what Amalek did to Israel, how he set himself against him in the way when Israel came out of Egypt. Who is speaking here? Is it God speaking here to Saul? Yes. Yes. Okay. Verse 3, please. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Verse 9. Samuel and the people spared Agag, the best of the sheep, oxen, fastlings, lambs, and all that was good, and will not utterly destroy them, but 
and will not utterly destroy. destroy because verse say utterly destroy, but he spared these ones and will not utterly destroy. Why? Why? Uh huh. But all that was undesirable or worthless, they destroy utterly. Verse ten. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, "I regret making Saul king." For he has turned back from the following me and has not performed my commands. And Samuel was grieved and angry with Saul. Mm. And he cried to the Lord all night. Verse 13. Jump 12. Uh -huh. And Samuel came to Saul. And Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed what the Lord ordered. Mm. And Samuel said, What then means this bleating of the sheep in my ears? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. Mm. Saul said, they have brought them from Amalekites. For the people spared the best pause, of the sheep. Please pause. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. Who are they? The word of the Lord came to whom? It, it came to Saul himself. But now, instead of taking responsibility of what has happened, he says, they, and many, many stubborn situations are always like that. You are not looking at yourself and what you are doing and what is not pleasant to God in the sight of God. But you are looking at the other person and then you are saying that they are the people, they are causing the problem. It is not me. Why? And the reason is that there's Always alternative. God gave his word and he said, utterly destroy everything. This is the ultimate. This is what I want to do. Are you with me, please? But so also, and then many times the alternative you find out that from human perspective, it is also not wrong. And that is why I trust God. All the time, time I'm concerned, I trust God to go beyond what we are discussing. Because what sometimes makes sense here in the realm of the spirit is foolishness in the sight of God. They have brought them from the Amalekites. One of the things that God does not like at all of is not accepting responsibility. That is why right from the beginning of the I mean mankind, when God came, after man fell, and God came. He said, what is this that you have done? Adam said, the woman, as soon as Adam said, the woman, that means you are not taking responsibility as a husband. Then God stepped. And then shifting cultivation, and then he moved and said, what is this? And then she also said, the serpent. The serpent. And then God said, I cannot give you any responsibility. I won't give you any responsibility to you. I won't give you any responsibility to you. And then he went to the serpent. The serpent didn't know where to say, what to say. That's why I believe that he is, maybe he's in charge of this world. <laughs> he accepted the responsibility. Accusations. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. They. 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 I don't think I would like to come to church now because there are so many things. And that's a, another point. Maybe we can't get time to go there. Next week, maybe. Yeah. People should not cause us not to serve the Lord in his house. 
I will not allow even my wife not to come to church. And I don't think he, she will also allow me to say something that she will not come to church. Ah. No. No. So they brought them from the Americas for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord God. To the Lord your God. An unbeliever, when he is speaking, sometimes you should pay attention. This uh, saw initially in chapter 9, chapter 10, he was not like that. Now look at the phrases that he's using. To sacrifice to the Lord your God. That means, uh-huh, me. It's not, my, it's not my God. He's your God. The people's God. It's your church. Not my church. So a husband and a wife can quarrel and get to happen. I'm going to any church. It's your church. It's your church. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. The next one, please. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me tonight. Mm-hmm. Saul said to him, Say on. Mm-hmm. Samuel said, When you were small in your own sight, mm-hmm. were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you the king, mm-hmm. and the Lord sent you on a, on a mission and said, Go utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Mm-hmm. Why then did you, did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but mm-hmm. swooped down upon the plunder and did evil in the Lord's sight? Mm-hmm. Said to Samuel, Saul said to Samuel, Yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. And have brought Agag, king of Am- Am- Amalek, and, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. But the people took from the spoil sheep and oxen, mm-hmm. the chief of the things to be utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gegal. Ah. <laughs> Is it a good thing to sacrifice? No. Not at all. Yeah. But verse 22, please, quickly. Samuel said, has the Lord us great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Please pause. Please, I want to beseech all of us here, including myself. We shouldn't get to a point in our Christian life that we sacrifice a lot, but we don't obey. We sacrifice a lot in the house of God. You see, 10,000 church, 2,000 sitting capacity, $10,000 you give. It's a blessing to do that. But maybe the basic thing that God is looking for you to do, so you will not do. It can easily nullify that great sacrifice of giving $10,000. It's a blessing to do that. We all know that. That it can, the blessing that can affect you and your generation, as David experienced. Are you with me, please? But if we obviously disobey, you know, disobey God and do other things. It will not work well. Verse 23. He says, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is 
of what? Idolatry and, and teraphim. Teraphim, household good luck images. Because you have rejected the word of God, of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being what? King. A king is sometimes somebody who you will be like. Instead of moving forward and become somebody who can make decisions, maybe become a manager or maybe doing well, maybe, I mean, touching many lives because of rejecting the word of the Lord. And the rejection means that because of the stubbornness, Everything God says we should do, and brethren, there's a reason behind. When he says a wife submit, there's a reason why. When he says husband love, there's a reason why. When he says I hate divorce, there's a reason why. When he says that there's so many ways, there's so many of them, there's a reason why. Hallelujah. There's a reason why. There will also be alternatives that will also sound good. Especially this part of the world. Men are all equal. We are all equal. How come? How come? How come? How come? How come? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please? Yes, please? In fact, I wrote here, stubbornness can easily destroy what you are building. Or you have already built. So true. That is what it means. Egypt was a well-developed nation. They were doing very well. To today, that their pyramids, as people, scientists can be explaining, how can you put things on top of one another? On top of one another, on top of one another. And then, you see, they, I don't know whether they were using computers and things to do this computer aid designs and things, but scientists are proving that those, if you shift a brick a little, the thing cannot go where it's supposed to go. But because of stubbornness, by the time Moses and God were done with Pharaoh, the whole nation was destroyed. I thought you go through first plague, second plague, third plague, third, fourth plague, and then you will. That is why when you get to a point in your life that everybody is saying this by you, you are the only person who is saying the thing in this way. And I'm sure Pharaoh had advices. The first three signs, the, when um, Moses' sna- uh, um, uh, rod swallowed their, sna- their rod, you know, the snakes, I believe maybe the magicians at that time said that, no, this one is much bigger than us. Let's allow these people to go. But the Bible says that he kept the thing going. He kept, and God, so I can see that, and the Bible makes a phrase. It says something, a phrase that, I'm sorry, a phrase that is there. It says that, and God hardened Moses' heart. I pray that it will not happen to any of us. I hope you, I hope you get what I'm trying Because any time that the hardness of heart comes, eh, it means you are about to be destroyed. Something that you are building is about to be destroyed. Or something that you have built already. And we all 
know at the end of the day what happened. So God gave a counsel, Deuteronomy 10. Deuteronomy 10, I'm ending with that. Deuteronomy 10. Hmm. Deuteronomy 10, read from 12. It's talking about circumcision of the heart and the mind. That means don't wrap anything around your heart said that you will not be able to receive the word of God anymore or your mind said that you also will not be able to receive. Circumcise these two things so that you can receive. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but reverently to fear the Lord your God? That is to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your mind and with all your heart and with all your entire being. The next one. The next one. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his status which I command you today for what? For your good Behold, the heavens and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God. The earth also with all that is in it and on it. Verse 15. Yet the Lord had a, de- yet the Lord had a delight in loving your fathers and he chose their descendants after them. You above all peoples as it is this day. My brother or my sister, God loves you. For for you to be among six billions of people, he decided to save you. Among your siblings, he has decided to save you. He loves you. He said the whole earth, the heavens and the earth, everything is for him. He has chosen you. He could have chosen any of those things to love. But he chose you to save you. Verse 16, please. So, what is the end's conclusion? So, circumcise the foreskin of your, of your minds and your hearts. Be no longer be what? And what it means that if we do not circumcise, the word of God cannot penetrate our hearts. It cannot penetrate our minds. Hallelujah. I pray that it will not happen to us. I pray that. That is why the quarry says, I gave you the song, Brokenness. Yeah. The prodigal son, that changed everything. Mm. He got to a point, he got broken. He got broken. Genuine brokenness. Genuine brokenness. That is what saved somebody like um, Peter. When the cock crew, and then he, he remembered that this is what my Savior said. He cried. He cried. He cried. And God restored him again. So when John 21, when he came back, he called him again. He said, I'm still using you. May God use us. May we humble ourselves in every situation. It is not him, it is not her. Something is about to be destroyed in your life. Please, stubbornness is not only at home, even at workplace. At workplace, Satan is trying to take your job from you. And God, he has presented this, 
difficult supervisor and difficult manager in front of you. Everybody says that he is some difficult or she is difficult to work with. Tell yourself that you have the Holy Spirit whom he has the potential and the gift to make everything hard in the sight of man very soft. You will work with him. You will work with her. And you will see how God will use you at your workplace and promote you. The building of your profession will continue to go on. Why don't you rise up onto your feet and let's thank God. Yeah. Can you sing that song briefly for us? Let's just check the words. Can you sing? We didn't rehearse, Reverend. And then Antifisha is also not here to support you. The veteran. One and two, let's lift up our hands and let's pray for ourselves. Let's pray for ourselves. Let's pray for ourselves. Let's work on ourselves, brothers and sisters. Satan is the one who will put us in the position for the hardness of heart. And then the difficult, the stubbornness. Yes, you are, you are right. Your option is good. You have a genuine reason. But God is saying that this is what I want you to do. It is my word. It is my word. It is my word. It is my word. In the name of Jesus. Just pray. Just ask him to help you. Maybe you are here. There's something in your profession, in your career, in your marriage, with your parents, with your parents. Yes, Lord. May we not look yes, back. Lord. In the name of Jesus, deliver us yes, from stubbornness and hardness Thank of you. heart. Father, deliver us, O oh God. Deliver Thank us you. from stubbornness. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Holiness. Yes, Holiness is what I long. Brokenness. Brokenness. Brokenness is what I long for. Brokenness is what I need. Come on, let's sing it. Brokenness, the next one.
my sisters we must never come to a point in our life that the word of God cannot take our hearts and mold it that the word of God cannot take our mind give me the words please and transform the mind according to Romans we cannot come to a point where the word of God cannot take our will yes we have wills not conforming to his word we cannot come to a point no no. the word of God is the ultimate he's the one that when we rely on it will not fail us it will not fail us brokenness is what we need thank you Jesus we bless you oh God we align you in Jesus name and let the saints say Amen. Beautiful. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.